Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. We're going to get started then. So uh, the topic is, are letter-style emails still effective? And we're going to show you a new research experiment that helps sort of answer that question. But as we begin, let me point out for it, number one, you can uh, share on Twitter. I will skip my background. I will move straight to a case study and then sort of raise the question a little bit more. I have watched email after email get sent. And because email is one of the cheapest forms of communication for the marketer, we tend to overuse it. And I've also watched it evolve. In the early days of the research lab, everything was in plain text. And in plain text, you naturally sent a sort of informal or letter-style format when you communicated with people. In the beginning, email was a two-way form of communication. It was a dialogue. But as the industry developed, you began to see how email was becoming a, a way to send out catalog pages and magazine advertisements in the, an email format. And many companies have become so used to that that they're not even questioning whether or not that's the best approach. And when we are sending thousands upon thousands upon thousands of emails, if we can understand the most effective way to communicate with a customer, the most effective way to talk to them by email, it can have a huge impact on our numbers. Because typically changing the style of the email doesn't actually change the cost basis for sending it. So it's some sort of cosmetic, some sort of appearance change, a change in tone or copy, we can often see dramatic lifts. Now, that's one thing to talk about that conceptually, but let's look at the test that is in front of you. It is test protocol 2137. And you can see that it is a large international media company focusing on increasing subscription rates, probably the largest in the world. And the goal was to increase the number of conversions based on a value proposition conveyed through the email itself. The question, the research question, is which email will generate the highest conversion rate? Now, when you're conducting an experiment like this, the which question actually informs a why question, which informs a what question. The which question is the very specific research question that guides the development of the experimental design. But the, the why question comes after the results when you say, why is it that headline A outperformed headline B? Or why is it that this articulation of the value proposition outperformed that particular uh, expression of the value proposition? Now, once you ask that question, you're beginning to form a hypothesis. But the real goal of a test is not to get a lift or just a lift, but rather a learning. And you don't get that unless you go one step further and ask one more question. That is, what does this teach me about the customer? So really what's going on here is we're testing a hypothesis, and that hypothesis is being sort of uh, put into a test format by the way we design the treatment and, and message it against the control and study the performance differential. So with that hypothesis, let's look at the control, and you'll see that it's a promotional-style email. In fact, it's like so many emails that we see. In fact, it's better than most that go out. It has a, a clear headline. It's using graphics but not overusing them. It it has a, a sort of a formal sequence of main flow, and on the right-hand side is additional information that sort of supports the messaging in the middle. You might consider that effective email. I'll bet it's better than many that are sent. 
But what would you do, marketer, if you were sent by uh, some team into that group and you had to perform uh, analysis and improve its results? Let me ask you to use your, your Q&A and tell me some things you might do to make this email better. Uh, one call to action. Dave, you're on every one of these, and you say my own stuff back to me. Thank you. Good thought. Uh, make uh, the main CTA stand out. Button color. CTA colors blends with the rest of the email. Fewer calls to action. Different subject line. Keep going. I'm watching. Uh, Becky says brief and to the point. Simplify, says Amans. Uh One column only, says Crystal. I don't know what this is about, says Richard. What is it? I need to know what I'm buying, says Mitch. Reduce the amount of text, says Sean. Personalize the CTA. Increase the text size. Special savings for what? One CTA. Larger font size. Too many different size fonts. One line for the headline. Too much content. If you're new to one of these clinics, a couple things you should know. Number one, we're going to analyze every bit of feedback that you give us. It helps us study the audience and recognize their level of training and sophistication and how you're thinking. Also, we're going to do this very simply. This isn't a long lecture because... We're going to be optimizing live emails that you've sent to us. I've never seen them before, and they'll be coming up at the conclusion of this experiment. We'll talk about the application of this particular experiment to your own needs. It's really about taking transferable principles and helping you get them. So I'm here, and as always, Paul Cheney is back in the corner with a little whiteboard sending me messages about when I'm going too long or how many minutes I have left or just generally sneering at me. And... Uh, and he's backed up by the sound team who can mess me up any time they please. I try to be very kind to these guys because I never know what they're going to do to me next. But for now, I'm going to get into this study and just point out some simple weaknesses. Because we're going to unpack it in more depth in a moment, I'll just touch it lightly. Uh, it uses popular design principles to create balance and hierarchy. It uh, has a heavy use of images and graphics on the right-hand upper side. It has multiple calls to action buttons for increased points of entry. And in general... It's uh, an above-average email that is typical of so many that are sent today. Now, I'm going to show you treatment, and I want you to look at it carefully because in it is a whole different way to think about communicating. It may not be that apparent when you look at the two designs side by side, but it's really apparent when you set this up in a controlled experiment and you ask customers to vote. Now, they're voting with their behavior, which is the best way to understand how they're really thinking. And again, we're trying to, we're trying to corroborate uh, a hypothesis. And so I'll show you the results. Um, but before I do, let me ask you to do something. Take a look with your Q&A. And you know, many times we show you an experiment where the control doesn't beat the treatment. And we show you what we had to learn from that. Um, Karen says it's much better and the text color is better. Tell me what you think is the biggest difference about this email and the one you looked at before. I'm watching your feedback. It's cleaner, says Paul. Better headline, cleaner headline, consolidation, branding more obvious, better flow, more personal, clear, clear high. Somebody said boring, but it's going by too fast. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but I, I, I don't blame you. I'm even bored hearing myself talk. It's been going on too long already. Less cluttered, easier to read, etc., etc. Extremely clear, says Ray. More relevant. All right, well, it's interesting to get your analysis of this. I'll show you what customers thought. Uh, we designed it with a hypothesis that it should feel like a personal letter. I don't know if anybody said that, but it's very important. We limited the use of graphics and we put them at a better location on the page to draw your eye where we want it to go. We used a single call to action, which many of you saw as being important. And uh, what did that produce in terms of results? 
Well, there's the two. You can see the control. You can see the treatment. And here's what you see afterwards, 181% increase in conversion. Now, notice the word conversion, not click-through, conversion. In fact, if you dig down to the data, you can see precisely what happened. We went from a 0.04% conversion rate to a 0.12% conversion rate with a relative difference of 181%. So, the big question here is what can we learn from this that we can apply in our own environments? It's not enough for you to come and see this and be impressed with something that was done in an experiment in the labs. There's, you have such limited time to invest in a clinic like this. So the goal is to go deeper than that and to find something tangible and practical that you can take back and use tomorrow when you go to work. So keeping that in mind, let's ask a question and begin to answer it with three critical principles. The first one is why did the letter style email win? What was it about it that drove its success? And I'm going to give you three sort of key points and then break them down and look at it and try to study it together. Um, so here is the first one. An email message is not a monologue. It is a dialogue. People don't buy from emails. People buy from people. The word, the operative word in that entire sentence is the word dialogue. We used to send a message. We called it email. It's like a letter. We quit doing that, and it quit feeling like a communication piece and more like an advertisement shoved in front of my face. Secondly, if the marketer can learn to participate with the prospect's conversation, they can guide it with messaging towards a satisfactory conclusion. What is that saying? We're going to unpack it in just a moment. But there is a mental conversation going on in someone as they read that email. You've got to get into their mind and you've got to guide their thinking or else you don't know where their thinking is going to end up. You must bring them to a sort of satisfactory conclusion and that conclusion is the one that you want them to make and the goal of doing that is to have an honest dialogue and that requires you to get inside of their thinking and help guide it. Which brings me to a third point. Effective email messaging requires one often overlooked skill on the part of the marketer. I would point out for you that this is at the foundation of every good marketer, even those instinctive marketers who've never had training from Mech Labs, never even had any study or practice in marketing at some university. The fundamental skill of the good marketer is empathy. It's also, in the inverse, the problem that most of us have, and that it's almost impossible to get away from our company-centric thinking to customer-centric thinking to sort of set aside our self-interest and understand the interest of the other party. And uh, that's at the heart of making proper marketing decisions. And there's a lot of talking about becoming more customer-minded, but the skill necessary to doing that is empathy. Now, let's break it down. Empathy for the marketer, empathy is their ability to discern through listening and hearing. It's the ontology or the nature of the customer. Now, ontology is a fancy philosophical term, and I don't want to stumble over that. And the writers of this clinic have pulled this from my book. You can see it at the bottom, The Marketer's Philosopher. But what's important is that, that empathy helps me unlock what's going on inside of a person, not just what they do, but who they are. Until I can identify with them, I can't really communicate well to them, which leads to a couple of three or four key points. And we're going to unpack this in just a moment. For those of you who are saying, okay, he's getting esoteric on me, the next slide breaks it down showing you how this sort of abstract set of principles apply to the design of a page. But here's the first. Selfishness, if a benign version, is the primary driver of sales velocity. 
It is the selfishness of the prospect which empowers the transaction. People are there to get what they want. And selfishness has become a negative word in our vocabulary with negative connotations, largely because we use it to criticize someone. But the problem with that is that it is our nature to think in our own interest. And it is the selfishness of a marketer that often keeps them being able to see into the interests of the other party. And it is exactly that same selfishness in the other party that drives their micro-yeses up to their macro-yes. They're always asking, is what you're promising me worth what you're asking from me? And if you can imagine it like a fulcrum in the mind of every single person you're communicating with, then you've got to understand how to balance what you're doing so that it feels like they're getting more of what they want rather than giving you more of what you want. And so you've got to understand selfishness and its value to really become an empathetic marketer, which brings me to the second point, and is the concept selfishness has a negative connotation, but this can be unfortunate. How can a self, because that's what we essentially are, be faulted for being selfish? In one sense, selfishness is at the essence of a human's makeup. Now, taking selfishness to the point where you're injuring other people or harming them for the sake of your own interest becomes a, a question of values, and it's at the root of a lot of evil. But in terms of marketing, don't think of this word itself as the enemy. It's actually quite helpful. Which brings me to the third and final piece before we look at a slide. Empathy enables the marketer to identify with the market and experience its selfishness. Empathy is at the heart of the marketer's intuition. And every person on this phone should cultivate that empathy. And that often happens by having direct conversations with customers. Literally getting out there with them, getting in their shoes, talking to them on the phone, but starting to feel the way they feel. Steve Jobs, for all the criticism that he fell under with regards to some of his management style, had a natural empathy for the customer. He saw what they wanted when others couldn't see it, when customers themselves didn't know what they want. And many of the great marketers have this natural empathy that helps them sort of see into someone. Brings me to uh, the slide that I promised. Oops, I have one more here. The marketer does not eliminate ourselves. We seek to empty ourselves. By the way, this is a reflection from my book, and uh, it's worth saying, but I won't dwell on it too long. We seek to empty ourselves, identifying with the self of the prospect. This paradoxical move enables us to achieve that empathetic messaging which powers true conversion. This is a, a, a deep statement because you can't eliminate your own self-interest, but it's about subjugating it and putting the interest of the other party first, and then you're able to see and think through their eyes, and then you're able to, to, to achieve messaging that connects. So, in the control, the control is not empathetic towards the customer. It's commanding the customer to act in the subject line. Open this now for special savings. You know what? Open doesn't move me. We did a test of headlines, 10 different headlines, and all the ones that won in order began with the word get or suggested the word get. Instead, you're telling me something to do. And my, my benefit is on the far end of the sentence. And in a good headline, what the customer get is typically point first. A point first sentence has the value on the front. A point last sentence has the value on the end. And the worst of all is the point middle. And I see them all the time. It'll say something like, you know, download your software now and get your, and get your free trial for 90 days. 
and you read a headline like that, and the main thing, free trial, is, is lost in the laborious sentence. So, the control is not empathetic towards the customer. It just commands me what to do. And by the way, in the end, it offers me special savings. You know what? Special savings uh, doesn't build a lot of credibility. In my, if you're not telling me how much I'm saving, I'm wondering why you didn't say it. I'm wondering why you said special instead of what it is. Down here, it says save 50%. I don't know why the headline didn't actually use the words except for maybe problems with opens and discount rates. But there's a better way to word it than that sort of special savings uh, concept. Next. It feels like a promotional email. Uh, customers feel like they're being marketed to, not communicated with. Uh, and it starts out with, as a registered user of X, you get. Now, look what happens. Get is point middle. You get a sampling of all we have to offer you. Now, have it all for half the price. First of all, I don't know what that means. And secondly, don't use offer in, in language that's supposed to be personal. All that feels like is sales language, and I don't even like myself to be thought of as a registered user. I hate registration. I didn't wake up in the morning and say, my God, have I registered for enough stuff today? Or where I want to be proud of the fact that I'm a registered user. There's much better language to accomplish the empathy that you need to have with the person reading. The email is relying on a design approach to, to sort of seize the customer's interest rather than a conversation with the customer that opens them up to what you have to say. Now, Let's look at the, how this whole concept cashes in in the treatment. First of all, the subject line, get, notice it starts with get, unlimited access to X with home delivery. Do you see the difference in that? Do you see how the point first design of that sentence gives you a reason to open the email? And, uh, and then look at the, at the next piece. It empathizes with the customer using a personal email style. Instead of saying as a registered user, it says, we want to thank you. Do you see the difference? You immediately start to open up the customer for being a valued reader. We would like to offer unrestricted online access and print delivery of X for as low as $3 a week. That is a savings of 50% for your first 12 weeks. You get it all, you get it clearly, and you get it in a different tone. Could that paragraph be improved? Yes, it could. That's why testing is a process, not an event. The test wasn't done here. But is that paragraph better than the previous paragraph? Yes, it is, as we saw from the results. The design is crafted into one clear message. And, uh, and so with the empathy, we were able to craft an email message. Paul just held up a white sign that says 15 minutes. And I'm thinking, 15 minutes, is that all I have? That's all I have. And he's got a gun. He's pointing the gun at me right now. Somebody uh, help me. With the use of empathy, we were able to craft an email message which, one, connected to the recipient in a personal way, two, engaged the participant in actual conversation, and three, increased the email response by 181%. So the key here is to allow empathy to help you sort of see the email through the eyes of the customer and then to craft an email that's more of a dialogue and feels like a message, not an ad. feels personal not uh, hype-driven, and allows you to connect. Now, there are no expert marketers. There are only experienced marketers and expert testers. And I would suggest that even with this, we're not telling you to run out and change all your emails. We're telling you to run out and build treatment and test this approach compared to the others to find what works for you. And I would also say don't think that the letter style is uh, out of vogue. Uh, it might be with some uh, designers, but it's not out of style with customers. Talk to them. Communicate with them instead of selling uh, or talking at them. 
All right. With that in mind, let's take this deeper and let's move to other emails. And I apparently, I'm inviting you because I just saw this slide for the first time to take our online course in email messaging. And um, I want you to know that if you take that course and your conversion rates don't triple, I'll give you Paul Cheney's home phone number and he will personally come to your house and help optimize all your emails. Uh, there's a value proposition, Paul. All right, so live op. This is Don Johnson, Inc. The primary objective is to announce new product and drive sales. The person who submitted his name is Chris. Chris, I haven't seen this email before, but I'd like to talk about it. Before I do, I'd like the audience to engage. Help me figure out how to help Chris. We're going to send him your thoughts, and, uh, and we're going to help him try to get a better response uh, to the email that we have. Way too busy. Uh, uh, lots of calls to action. Way too complicated to, to uh, start over. Too busy. Not personal. You're writing very fast. Where do I start? <laughs> Condense. Direct the eye better. Chris, if you're not, you know, we have a 1-900 number you can call to, to get therapy from these harsh marketers. Um, and uh, it's only $3 a minute, and the, and the funds of the proceeds go directly to MechLab's uh, profit center. Um, but uh, if you're still there, let me try to help you. I like the comments. I'm watching them come in. There's a lot of pages we want to get to, so I'm going to move fast. First of all, as you see... Uh, scroll back up, yeah. Let me look at the the first power, and now let's slowly scroll down so they can see what we got going on here. Okay, so scroll down further. Boom. Wow. All right. Let me see. Okay, let's start at the top. What's the goal of an email? If you think the goal of email is to sell your product, you're probably mistaken because email browsers are not the best place to sell products in. The goal of your email should be to get a click. That's all. You need to tell me enough information to make it uh, irresistible for me to click through and there on a proper landing page where you can say what you need to say in the right way and in the right order and in a proper sequence, you get the conversion. So I would say this email, first of all, is trying to do way too much work. Secondly, it has two evenly weighted columns at the top. Those two evenly weighted columns confuse the reader. They don't know what they should be looking at. They don't understand which place to start. They don't know if you're talking about two different things or one different thing. You've got two different images. You've got a button there, and you've got a button on the left just a little further down. And yet, I see something. It has a 20-year history of helping students write even after nothing else worked. Um, that's not a very clear sentence, but 20-year history. And what you're trying to say is important. And if you scroll back up, you realize that... Uh, you have no real headline, and you go from a copy that uh, isn't very clear right into this page, and banner blindness is going to take everything above that. You're not going to see it, and your eyes are actually going to travel down to the images, which are weighted heavier than everything else, and you're going to try to start to make meaning of this. And that's only if you desperately are interested in this email, because people are reading their email to eliminate it. Think of how you uh, get empathetic with them. You get down at the end of your day, you think your work is done, you realize you've got 100 emails you've got to go through. You don't know which ones are important and which ones are not. So what you're trying to do is cluster. And you cluster by terminating every single email that you don't have to read. The only way you win here is to be in one of those few emails that is pushed over and they have to read, that they don't delete, that they have to go through. This looks like an ad in the mail, and it's not one that they, unless they're eagerly waiting and they recognize your brand and they're highly motivated, which if you know the conversion heuristic, four is in front of that M, then they'll read the email. You're losing everyone else. And Chris, I, I hope I'm not being too harsh, but I wouldn't even optimize this email. I would um, quietly bury it 
and I would start over with a clean, simple email that gives them enough information to make it irresistible for them to click through to a landing page where they can get it. And I don't think I have to say, scroll down a little bit, that we have way too many calls to action on the page. There's, there's four at the top, and there's more as you keep going. And people don't, you know, I wouldn't sell the web clinic along with the product. I would have two separate emails that sequence this properly, and the people that didn't respond to the first, I'd give them a less committed, incremental way and uh, use that to heighten their interest. I hope that's helpful, Chris. I'll tell you what, you can send me, uh, you know, if you redesign this page, our team will look at it for you before you go live with it and give you some comments to try and help you get a big win. Let's move on. I'm going to do as much as I can all the way up to the last second. Take me to another page. So, here is uh, colorful choices. All right? Healthy Enhancement Systems. Primary objective, get employee wellness managers to our website. Okay. Uh, I'm watching, I'm, wa I'm reading your comment, Sean, and uh, I'd like the audience. Uh, here they go. No headline. Uh, what is it? Don't know what you're selling. Sean, this is really important. What is it? What is it? What is it? Do you realize you have a focus group with some of the world's most expert marketers on here right now? Not enough content. No idea what this is for. No context. Doesn't give action. Is it an app? Very appealing layout. No info. Uh, no conversation. All right, so, 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 so let's stop for a second. First of all, if everyone in the world knows who colorful choices are, uh, then this might work. But everyone doesn't. However, everyone in the world knows what Apple is. And it looks like an iPhone that's being advertised. And you tell me it's simple, it's effective, and it's fun, but it doesn't get the job done. Because, in a sense, I've got three questions right now. And the first one is, what is this? And the second one is, what am I supposed to do? And the third one is, why should I do it? We don't even know what it is. So let's go up to the top. Uh, it's colorful choices. That doesn't even suggest something to do with nutrition. And then it says simple, effective, fun. All those are are three words that don't communicate anything. Headlines work better when they're a sentence, a complete thought. We've tested it over and over again. Then I have this massive image of a phone. And don't mistake the fact that people don't see the app. People see the phone. What you need if you want to communicate the app is a big screenshot of the app with a small version of the phone on the side so that you can see that the app is the main thing and not the phone. This looks like an Apple page. And, and none of that will do any good unless you give me a headline, a subheadline, and enough text and get me to click through. And frankly, I doubt I would try to do this in the email itself. If I had that image, it would be much smaller. And the, the context of the content would be in the form of a dialogue to give me a compelling reason to go to the next page. Now, Sean, you don't have to take my word for it. I, I, I sort of, uh, I have a problem with expert advice in most situations, particularly in marketing. But what you might want to do is take what I'm saying and let us help you after you've designed the treatment and let's get a real test going that can show you the difference. Basically, we want to get more people to click through so they get to the landing page where you have a great landing page that can convert them. So uh, I could say more, but I want to go to somebody else's page. And uh, so let's go on to uh, the next one we have up. And I'm looking at my time. How are we doing? Good. Oh, I got five minutes. That's enough for, you know, I don't know, 10 pages. Um, so, grunt works, all right? Grunt works save you time. What you do with it is up to you, all right? Um, uh, audience, talk to me. You're already talking. Not sure you, let me see. 
It's good, clear CTA, but needs accent color. Left image too large takes focus. Remove big green social buttons. What does it do? Sign up is too harsh. Yes, it's asking for too much too soon. Headline means nothing. Uh, it's true. There's, don't ever leave me with a headline I have to make meaning of. I won't invest the extra friction time to figure it out. Too green. I don't know about that. Is maybe. Is it a photocopier? There's an interesting question. Needs to mention tax platform to start. All right, so let's figure out what this is. Uh, let's start with the left. Do you have an image? And if that image has been used in a lot of television advertising, it might be important I'd use it, but it's an email. It's not a landing page, so I'd make it a much smaller image because you can't waste that much space on the image. Secondly, you've got a headline that doesn't actually make meaning for me. Grunt work saves you time. First of all, I don't know what kind of time it saves me. I don't know what does it, does it, does it, does it vacuum my house for me. Does it, is, is it a service that comes out and cleans my yard? There's a guy in a cape, and he looks like he's wearing a uniform, and you're talking about saving time. And then what I do with it up is, is, is up to me. I know that. Tell me something I don't know. Give me something fundamentally helpful in making a decision. What is the goal of the headline? The goal of the headline is only to get me to read the copy that comes next. A headline's a micro-yes in the micro-yes chain, and the goal is to drive me into the content below. Nothing about the headline makes me to read what, what comes next. So then you ask, what is grunt works? Well, now, you're ask, you, know, you ask that question, but that's the question I came with when I saw it. I don't want you to ask me that question. I want you to tell me the answer. And, and, and if you told me the answer, you wouldn't need to ask what it is and then tell me the answer under that. And, and so it says, a scan-in field tool that populates 1040 tax returns with data extracted from clients' taxpayer forms. Grunt works saves you both time and money by removing the paper, sorting, organizing, and data entry preparing of a tax return. Turn your tax prep into a true paperless tax workflow. Okay, I want to know why I should click through. And, and I need something so seamless and so clear that I understand the business model and you give me a really important reason. Now, you have sign up for a free trial, but I'm not sure I'm ready to sign up. And I don't like the word sign up. I signed up for everything I signed up. Half, to, half of it I don't want now. And the other half cost me too much money. I, I, give me something and a good reason to click through to the page uh, including learn more or learn about the free trial, I'm not going to click there to make the decision I even want the free trial because the free trial isn't free. There is no such thing as free. The free trial costs me time and energy and risk, and I don't have enough reason right now to justify that. you got a testimonial there, but it's by Gruntworks user. So it has zero authority. I don't know what Gruntworks user is, and I don't know if the marketing department dreamed that up. Listen, the average consumer has uh, really... Two words in their mind when they read all of your stuff. And if you don't know those two words, you're in trouble. And actually, they get colorful and sometimes put words in the middle. But the two words are, so what? You send me that thing, I look at it, and I'm thinking, so what? I don't know if I want your free trial. I'm busy. And even if I need it right now, I don't really want. Who wants to download some sort of process that scans and populates 1040 forms? I probably don't even want to do my tax return, but I have to. I certainly don't want to download. There's nothing intriguing or interesting about this. It's got to be something I discover that I need, and you've got to convert my need into a want. I'll guarantee you some people need what you're talking about, but very few people really want it, and you're not giving me enough reason to want it on an email that's trying to be a landing page. I need an email that's simple, short, clear and give me a reason to click, get me to the landing page, and then surprise me with how easy it is and remove all the friction in my mind. You can download it in less than 30 seconds, set it up in 60, you know, average per setup time is 90 seconds, and in five minutes you can be populating your 1040. That sort of thing is 
on my mind right now when you say sign up free trial. That's friction built into the system and anxiety. And none of that's being addressed here. And it really shouldn't be. It should be addressed on the landing page. You give me a good reason to click through. All right. I hope that's helpful, Becky. I hope I haven't demoralized you. And um, if, you know, if, 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 I, if, if I've offended you, there is that 900 number that I talked about earlier. All right. No, seriously. I'm just trying to help and in a very short period of time. I'm almost done. This will be the last one. This is from Myra. Uh, how would you achieve change the text, she's asked, to achieve a higher click-through sharing and the subject line to higher open rate? The subject line was this. If a 10-year-old can understand it, that's the whole subject line. 24% open rate, 12% click rate. Good click-through rate. All right. Um, let's talk. The audience, go ahead and bring in your thoughts and let me just sort of... Uh, do it quickly myself because our time is almost up. First of all, your text has no iPath and it's way long and the paragraphs are too long. Not more than three sentences in your paragraph, bold words in the font and, and, and this is the work of a landing page. If there's a way to get somebody to click through to a good landing page and you might use long copy, that might be what it takes in the landing page. I'm for that. But long copy in an email isn't like long copy in a direct mail piece. It's a whole different world. And I would say less. And, you know, if they'll read the video on the spot, maybe that's a good click-through. Could a 10-year-old goal have discovered something that most economists have missed? Uh, that's interesting, but I don't know anything yet. I'm not going to watch the video to, to figure out that she discovered a, a way to make teddy bears talk or a way to save on the cost of teddy bears or whatever. And she's actually talking to a teddy bear, which confuses me even more. Um, You've given me no context before you asked me to do something that's painful. And believe it or not, clicking on a video and waiting for it to load is very painful. It shouldn't be, but we, we don't have that same sort of appropriate measure in our mind of uh, inconvenience. Inconvenience is always relative, and it's way more inconvenient than doing nothing, especially hitting the delete button. So you've got to give me a better reason. And then underneath it, you say this. Believe it or not, many economist graduates come out of uh, uni... Uh, university, I guess that's what that's supposed to say. It says uni. I don't, don't think customers all know that, that what uni means without ever being taught about how money actually comes into existence. Even when they're taught something about money creation, it's a story about the banking systems at least 40 years out of date. Now, uh, why does that matter to me, how money comes into existence? I'm reading that text and saying, but I don't, I just want more of it. I don't care how it came into existence. I want to know how to get it more of it in, into my existence. And until you tell me the people that are actually, you know, there's so much being assumed before you get to the meat. I still don't know what it's really doing or why anybody would want to read it or listen to it. So this could be really redesigned. Now, you get a 12% uh, click rate, and I think that's likely because there's an audience you're sending it to that uh, is motivated and maybe knows who you are or who a speaker is or something. But for now, the same thing with a headline. If a 10-year-old can understand it, that's not a headline. Uh, uh, let's, let me fill in the blank. If a 10-year-old can understand it, then why am I so stupid? If a 10-year-old can understand it, then why can't I? If a 10-year-old can understand I could give a lot of, don't give me an ellipse. Give me some meaning. You know, tell me this is simple and it can change my life. And then I'm interested. But... Frankly, I, most of us have 10-year-olds that can work on iPhone better than we can. So we need something stronger than that. Myra, I'd love to help you with that. Um, if you just uh, rework it and want to talk to our team, we'll just, uh, gratis, we'll help you to get some of that you know, 
figured out for a new test. Folks, I'm out of time. And uh, I want to thank you for coming today. And I want you to know that really we're trying to build a community of evidence-based marketers who are trying to basically discover what's happening in the customer's mind. And we value the audience because you guys uh, are different. And if you found today helpful, the only thing we'd ask you to do is to pass uh, uh, the site along to other people so that more and more of us can think differently about you know, how to please our customers and how to get inside of their mind. I'm grateful, and we'll be back in about two weeks with more for you. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com.